This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Tonight, President Biden bans oil from Russia, taking aim at the heart of the Russian economy. As we learn tonight that some of the biggest companies in the world are closing their doors to protest Putin's war. As the humanitarian crisis in Ukraine grows and families say goodbye, the potentially dramatic escalation. As Poland offers to give up all of its MiG-29 fighter jets so the Ukrainians can defend themselves. Putin's next move. Tonight, why the CIA director told Congress that the dictator is angry and frustrated over the stalled Russian invasion. Cutting off Russia. Tonight, President Biden blocks Putin's top export, just as gas prices skyrocket in the U.S. And the big move by Coca-Cola, McDonald's, and Starbucks. American fighters. Why this pastry chef is heading back into Ukraine. I want my child to have a Ukraine to go back to when she's grown up. Guilty on all counts. The landmark decision in the first January 6th trial. The Texas man now facing up to 60 years in prison. Florida's so-called don't say gay bill. Tonight, the protests as the measure passes the state Senate. Dangerous weather. We're tracking strong storms from the Gulf Coast to the Carolinas. And on this International Women's Day, celebrating the trailblazers who paved the way in science. This 
This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Tuesday night. We are following heavy fighting in eastern Ukraine, fighting that is leaving innocent Ukrainians trapped and unable to flee. This is the civilian death toll is growing. President Zelensky today saying at least 50 children have been killed in the first 13 days of the war. And the humanitarian crisis is worsening. The number of people leaving the country now tops 2 million and half of them are children. Kyiv and other major cities remain under constant bombardment from missile strikes and long-range artillery. Help could soon be on the way after Poland announced a deal that could send ultimately these MiG-29 fighter jets to Ukraine. But the Pentagon is raising serious concerns tonight about that proposal. Well, nearly two weeks into the invasion, Russia has captured only one major city, despite 200,000 troops in and around the country. The CIA director told Congress today that's why Vladimir Putin is angry and frustrated. The dictator planned on a quick, decisive victory and is now likely to double down and, quote, with no regard for civilian casualties. We have a lot to get to tonight, starting with CBS's Charlie Daggett in Kiev. Good evening, Charlie. Good evening to you, Nora. The Russian government announced another ceasefire here in the capital in four other cities starting from tomorrow morning to allow for the evacuation of civilians. While there was some limited success here today, there's also skepticism. This ceasefire came too late to save the lives of two children pulled from the rubble in Sumy. Among the bodies of at least 21 people killed in a Russian airstrike overnight, officials say. Today, a brief break in fighting allowed the evacuation of thousands of people, including foreign students trapped at the university for days. But the ceasefire in the besieged southern port city of Mariupol collapsed amid renewed shelling for the third time. Hundreds of thousands of residents at the mercy of Russia's onslaught in catastrophic conditions. We don't have electricity, a woman shouts. We don't have anything to eat. We don't have any medicine. We've got nothing. On the outskirts of the capital itself, in Irpin, thousands of people who took shelter beneath that downed bridge today joined a massive evacuation with the help of soldiers and aid agencies. We have heard some loud explosions off in the distance, but the lull has enabled a number of people to cross from Irpin into this area a little bit closer to the capital. Ola Papina told us when her neighborhood came under attack, she had to get her 84-year-old mother suffering from Alzheimer's out of there. Please help us. Please help our government, she asked, breaking down in tears. Her husband said, I'm Russian, but I hate Russia. I hate, hate, hate them. They're killers. As explosions rang out. Relief as they're reunited with their son, but he told us as soon as he sees them to safety, he'll join the fight. As Russian troops close in on the capital, terrified residents are seeking shelter wherever they can. At the city hospital, the maternity ward has been turned into a bomb shelter, a hallway lined with pregnant women huddling on mattresses. Sulamia and Max told us it was a difficult birth for their son in more ways than one. I don't know. My emotions so mixed. It is the first time I can hold him. This is your first time? Yes, I was laying all night because the delivery was not easy. What's it, what does it feel like to hold your son? 
I can I cannot explain it. It is the most happy moment in my life. In an emotional address to British Parliament today, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky echoed Winston Churchill and quoted Shakespeare saying to be or not to be, the question could have been about Ukraine. Obviously, it is to be. Nora. Charlie Daggett, thank you. Well, now to that major pivot today by President Biden. After refusing to ban Russian oil, gas, and other fuels, the president today did just that, acknowledging that inflicting economic punishment on Russia will drive up already record high prices here in the U.S. We get more now from CBS's Ed O'Keefe. We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. President Biden's decision to target Russia's energy sector is designed to deprive Russian President Vladimir Putin of around $100 million in daily revenue. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports and the American people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. The move follows days of growing pressure to take action as the Russian military atrocities mount, but it comes with a steep price. Putin's war is already hurting American families at the gas pump. Today, the national average hit $4.17 a gallon, a record high. In four states, prices spiked at least 15 cents overnight. In Chicago, drivers were considering alternatives. Might be time for electric vehicle. Others trying to adjust. I'm an electrician, so I have my tools, I have everything. I have to drive this thing every single day. So there's no, I, I, don't, I, I don't have an excuse. I can't tell my boss, well, gas is too much right now. I can't use my truck. It doesn't cut it. Economists warn the typical American household is now set to pour out nearly $2,000 more per year on gas. As prices soar, airlines will pass on the cost to flyers. Commuters are likely to pump the brakes on travel, and the cost of goods and services will climb due to higher shipping and delivery costs. We are concerned as a small business about it. Gaddafi Ismail runs Daloon Corp, a wholesaler in Northern Virginia, and worries he'll lose customers if he has to keep increasing prices. We had to increase our prices in the eggs we distribute and milk and other related items that we distribute to the local bakeries. The president says the oil embargo will further squeeze Russia's economy, which today took another hit as four top American brands suspended operations. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, McDonald's and Starbucks. One ruble is now worth less than one American penny. As for soaring gas prices, six Democratic governors tonight are calling on Congress to suspend the 18-cent federal gas tax until the end of the year. The White House hasn't explicitly endorsed the idea, but has said all options are on the table. Nora? Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Top U.S. intelligence officials believe Russia's stalled invasion is the result of their underestimating the strength of Ukraine's resistance. Now Ukraine could be getting even stronger thanks to an influx of at least 16,000 international fighters, including some Americans. CBS Morning's co-host Tony DeCopel is at the border in Poland. At the airport in Warsaw, we met three Americans headed to the battle in Ukraine. They told us they're ready to die for what they call a fight for freedom against the Russians. And what's the plan? The plan to help uh, save the lives of, of Ukrainian people. Andrei Penchek was born in Ukraine but works as a truck driver in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. He has no military experience and left behind three young children. I didn't say goodbye. I said, uh, see you. You said, see you later. <laughs> yeah. 
While the U.S. military is not committing boots on the ground in Ukraine, an untold number of Americans are volunteering to join the fight. Acting U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Christina Kavine. We encourage uh, all Americans not to travel to Ukraine right now and those Americans who are in Ukraine to leave Ukraine because it is not safe. Russia's military has warned foreign fighters would be treated as mercenaries, not protected combatants under international law. As far as I see, civilians are not protected by humanitarian law. But the Russian threat has not deterred Christopher Callis, a pastry chef from New York who we spotted going back across the border after he evacuated his Ukrainian wife and baby to Portugal. He says he's not going to fight, but to help others. Are you worried? I am absolutely worried, yes. But I'm more worried for the people there who are not able to leave. Is this something you're prepared to die for? Yes. I want my child to have a Ukraine to go back to when she's grown up. And Callis there did indeed make it over the border, sending us a note not long ago saying, quote, I'm in deep now. Andrew and his family also made it over the border, Nora, and they brought with them an American flag. Wow, Tony, and I understand there's a winter storm heading your way. That seems like it will make this bad situation even worse. It really will because the lines at the Medica crossing are actually longer at night. Fewer buses are there to pick people up. They lost generator power last night in sub-freezing temperatures. And, Nora, there are still not enough tents for people trying to get out of the elements. I'm just thinking of all those children in the freezing cold. Tony DeCopel, thank you. Russian TV has released the first images of WNBA star Brittany Griner since her arrest. The two-time U.S. Olympic gold medalist was detained last month at a Moscow airport after Russian authorities said a search of her luggage revealed vape cartridges that contain cannabis oil. If convicted, she faces up to 10 years in a Russian prison. Well, back here in Washington, the first criminal trial from the January 6th assault on the Capitol ended in a guilty verdict. It could be a bellwether for the hundreds of cases arising from last year's riot. Here's CBS's Scott McFarlane. Guy Reffitt of Wiley, Texas, never made it into the Capitol on January 6th, but armed with a semi-automatic handgun and zip ties, he confronted police outside the building and waved the mob in, later boasting of his exploits. I don't care. Pelosi's head's hitting every step I drag her by her ankles. She's coming out. But he's now facing decades in prison after being convicted on all five counts, including bringing a gun to the Capitol, obstructing Congress's certification of the election, and interfering with police. The landmark verdict gives the Justice Department newfound leverage over the nearly 500 Capitol riot defendants still facing possible trials. By winning this case decisively, uh, it also increases the the opportunity for the Department of Justice to gain cooperation from those defendants who are perhaps leaders of this riot. Reffitt's own son testified against him, saying he was so frightened of Reffitt's anti-government rants that he tipped off the FBI. After the attack, Reffitt threatened to kill his son and daughter if they turned him in. Still, their mother, Reffitt's wife, defended her husband today and said other January 6th defendants shouldn't be scared off. What would you tell the other people who are still to stand trial in these cases after watching a guilty verdict? Don't take a plea. Do not take a plea. They want us to take a plea. The reason that we have all guilty verdicts is they are making a point out of guy. Meanwhile, there's a new high-profile defendant. Proud Boys leader Enrique Tario was arrested today and appeared in a Miami court charged with conspiracy for his role directing and coordinating the mob.
Court documents say Tario met with the now-indicted head of the Oath Keepers, Stuart Rhodes, in an underground parking garage in Washington, D.C., the day before the attack. Guy Reffitt's wife says they plan on appealing today's verdict, but in the meantime, sentencing is set for June, and Reffitt faces up to 60 years in prison. Nora? Quite a decision. Scott McFarland, thank you. Well, today, Florida lawmakers passed what opponents have called the Don't Say Gay Bill. The measure would limit classroom lessons on sexual orientation and gender identity among young children. The ACLU says 15 other states are considering bills that would also address LGBTQ plus issues in school. We get more now from CBS's Manuel Bohorkas. What they are doing does not represent us. Some have voiced their opposition in public. For others, the struggle is personal. 17-year-old Andrew Triolo, who is transgender, says the safe space he has sewing and drawing at home was always missing at school. I was harassed and discriminated against by like both students and teachers and administrators alike. He says years of bullying and physical violence forced him to leave three different schools. I didn't get a high school experience. I didn't get to go to homecoming. I didn't get to go to football games. He now fears other LGBTQ youth will be hurt by Florida's parental rights and education bill, which would ban classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through grade three. Republican State Representative Joe Harding sponsored the House bill. We can't ban a conversation. We can't ban a discussion. That's not what we're doing. But critics argue a provision allowing parents to sue school districts could have a chilling effect on those discussions and that the bill's broad language could apply to all grade levels. You may have LGBTQ youth who do not have a supportive home environment. Wouldn't the school be a safe place? I think the schools are a safe place and they need to continue to be a safe place. Andrew disagrees. What's your message to anybody who is having some of the struggles that you had? It's okay to struggle, but eventually you get to a place where you feel like you can express yourself and be happy and do what you want to do. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has voiced his support for the bill. It's put one of the state's largest employers, Disney, in a tight spot, with some employees wanting the company to denounce the bill, but the company's CEO saying they will not take a public stance on it. Nora? Manny Bajorquez, thank you. Tonight, forecasters are tracking severe weather, including possible tornadoes along the Gulf Coast. Those storms make their way into the southeast tomorrow. Meanwhile, in the northeast, just 48 hours after seeing temperatures in the 70s, wet snow is possible from Pennsylvania through New York. On Wednesday, an inch or two could stick in New England. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Tonight, six teenagers, including a 14-year-old boy, are charged with murder and attempted murder in a shooting Monday on the grounds of East High School in Des Moines, Iowa. A 15-year-old was killed and two teenage girls were seriously wounded. Police say the boy who was killed was not a student at the school and was the target of the drive-by shooting. 
All right, public school teachers in Minneapolis walked off the job today, canceling classes for about 29,000 students. Union members are negotiating with the district over pay, class sizes, and mental health support for students struggling in the wake of the pandemic. A small plane crashed in the center median of a major highway near Denver, Colorado. The plane burst into flames, but both people on board escaped with only minor injuries and no cars were involved. The cause of this wreck is still under investigation. On this International Women's Day, a terrific new exhibit here in Washington is celebrating women that have made an impact in fields collectively known as STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. Here's CBS's Jan Crawford. Maria Perez is living her dream. She's a fossil preparer at the Smithsonian's Museum of Natural History, and she's part of a new exhibit making a powerful statement for science and girls. We are making a culture change, a culture shift here to show that women do belong in STEM. 120 3D printed statues on the National Mall of Women in Science to inspire young girls to go into a field that right now is only 27% female. Do you still think they're those kind of subtle uh, messages that girls are hearing like that's not really a job for you. Absolutely. There is still um, a stigma that women shouldn't belong in STEM out there. Aerospace engineer Sydney Hamilton has her own statue. What message do you hope all of this sends? I hope that it sends a message that if she can see it, then she can be it. I hope that they see this and they see themselves in at least one of these statues. Hamilton, like Perez, is overwhelmed by the honor. It is amazing to see that I can be the representation that I didn't have growing up. It's amazing to see that when there were a world of people that told me no, that I could be here. Here showing, yes, you can. Jan Crawford, CBS News, Washington. If you see her, you can be her. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, are businesses taking advantage of inflation and price gouging for higher profits? CBS News investigates. And we want to leave you tonight with famed cellist Yo-Yo Ma playing the Ukrainian national anthem at the Kennedy Center here in the nation's capital. Good night. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them? and not the man pulling the strings. Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com.